coming up on TMS, fancy soap for men. Flopping my achievement ween on the, inter- on the internet. Vote for a guy and put him in office kind of democracy. I have strong opinions on things I don't do. Smells like L.L. Bean. Overreaction grande. They said they were going to blow up that bathroom. In Mother Russia, butt poke you. Hardy hard hard mode. Nightmares about Mumbles the Intern. Sleeping with Kimmy DeVito. Magical shits with Amy. The Cold War II. Less cold, maybe even hot. I don't like stinky teens. Therapy Thursday without Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Are you looking for me? Hi, my name is Glenn, and I'm sure we have a lot of things in common. Number one, we don't like to write checks. Number two, we don't like to take out the garbage. Number three, we probably don't like to clean the house. And number four is that you purchased this tape, and I'm on this tape for one specific reason, to try to meet the right person. I'm doing this because over the last six months, I decided that I'm lonely. My phallus is not erect. Many Bothans died to bring you this information. This is the Morning Stream. Good morning, everybody. It is the Morning Stream for Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson. That's Brian Ibbett over there. Hello, Brian. Hello, Scott. How are you? Oh, you know, it's just uh, the the Cold War is back in full force. Uh, we're all yeah. just uh, dealing with it here, soaking in it, uh, trying to figure it out. Actually, it seems a little less cold. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a kind of a warm, uh, maybe even a hot war. Yeah, a little bit, a little hot. Uh, yeah. no, not not great. I have some, we have some listeners and fans uh, in in Ukraine. I hope that they are safe and doing okay. Uh, one of which I heard from not two weeks ago or something. Oh, really? Just letting okay. us know, uh, you know, that they listen to the show and that they like what we're doing and stuff. And who knew two weeks later they would have uh, an invasion to deal with. So I hope they're okay. Uh, in fact, reach out if you can. We just love to hear how you're doing uh, out there. I don't even know how they get yeah. the show. I mean, it's like, uh, I guess, I guess the, I guess Ukraine's got pretty good internet. But they, they're not under the, um, the not embargo. What's the thing? It's like a internet uh, monopoly kind of thing like china has right oh Where, no no they're, no they're yeah. they're full-on like you know vote for a guy put him in office kind of dem- democracy over there they're yeah they're yeah. fine it's just those a-holes in russia who want to come over there and poke him in the butt don't do it russia don't do it oh you're already <laughs> doing it don't oh. come poke him in the butt yeah russia. Don't, don't poke him in the butt anyway hey uh so i was having an interesting conversation this morning i'm not trying to throw uh-huh. anybody under the bus but i want to ask you your your opinion on this okay all right uh there's, <laughs> you can ask me about a video game that I don't think I've ever played uh, before. No, it's not about. It's not. It won't be about the game. Oh, It'll good. Be, okay, good. Yeah, totally good. not about that. So, uh, the 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 part of it about this that is about a video game is this. So the Souls games, Soul Demon Souls, uh, uh, Dead Dead Souls one and two, not Dead Souls, Dark Souls. Dark Souls thank you, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Souls one and two, uh, a couple other games. The From Software people they make these games that are notoriously difficult and uh if you've got the time and the and the effort and the skill you can really you know hammer those things out and it's very satisfying if you can beat them um Mm -hmm. very popular there's kind of two camps you either really like souls likes they call them or you don't like them because they're too hard they're punishingly hard and it's almost like a throwback to like 
arcade days in a way where it was just impossibly hard, but somebody could beat it. Sure. Um, think of like bullet hell shooters or any number of genres where Dra- dragons, uh, dragons lair. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that. Except that you could memorize. Like this is even harder. Could, than that's that. true. Yeah, those patterns basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and there's some of that here, but it's really, really hard. The boss fights are extremely difficult. You mm-hmm. lose a bunch of progress Tristan when you was die. A huge fan of those. Yeah, and there, uh, and like least- I like I say, like he's and he's probably, I don't know, I don't know if that's unusual or not. But in his generation, there's probably a lot of people who are really really into these and then there are a lot of people that are yeah. like yeah it's too hard too punishing I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of it's too punishing i don't have time to, mm-hmm. to deal with it if i was 17 and all i had to do was play video games all day <laughs> that's right yes. I, I would probably love souls likes but you know it's just not me anyway yeah not a big deal but the part i don't understand is this rabid uh attitude on that on the on the camp of soul pro souls likes which is um, there should never be any kind of uh, easier modes. Like they should never put in a mode that says okay. set it to normal or set it to easy or anything, just so people can experience it and have the world and have it just to be an easier time. They oh, are yeah, they are okay. adamantly against that concept that you sure. would ever do that and make it accessible for anyone else but the hardcore. And that's fine. This conversation I was having with this guy though got kind of weird. Um, okay. and I'll, I'll just share part of it because I just, I'm trying to understand it. I'm not judging it. I don't want to judge it. Yeah. Um, I said to him, let's see. Sorry. Let me get back to where it was. Um, here he goes. Okay. So I said to him, uh, okay. I said, this is a little bit like an NFL player being mad that eight-year-olds have no tackle rules in their little league games. <laughs> like there's like somehow makes it ruins the 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 thing for everybody else. Um, yeah. He right. says he says I just feel like it's okay for some things to be only for certain people, and once you make it so everyone can accomplish something, you take away from those who were once part of a very exclusive group. I said I don't understand. Uh, that this is, or I'm sorry, I don't understand this idea that if you completed a game on the hardest setting, that the result is somehow diminished because there are lower difficulty settings. You played it on hard. You're a badass. You did it. And you you will have always played it on hard, no matter what other modes get added to the game. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. They don't force you yeah. to do those modes. You were never once asked to right. do them, and you never did them. So why? Right. I don't understand the difference. He says, I disagree. That's okay. I'm not upset. We have different opinions. I'll just never be okay with easy modes. And I said, <laughs> they don't affect you, though. You don't even have to play using an easy mode ever. Yeah. yeah. And he says, um, oh, this is probably where the problem, this is new information. It says, it, uh, <clears throat> it doubly doesn't affect me because I don't even play Souls games. Well, then why are we having this conversation? What? <clears throat> He says, he says, I just feel like it diminishes the value of the games. What's wrong with certain games not being for everyone? Do you, do video games need to fall victim to the quote, everybody needs a trophy mentality? Uh, that's not what I'm saying at all, but whatever. Uh, so I said, uh, oh, he says, why take the meaning and sacred idea of soul or why take away the meaning and sacred idea of souls games just to make a select group happy? I said, there's a meaning and sacred idea? <laughs> it's a video is that, game. Is that covered in the uh, first chapter of the Prima Games uh, guide to the Souls games? Like, Yeah. Like, you know, sign this so you can understand the sacred meaning of... Uh, yeah, this sacred yeah. this idea that some of this stuff is sacred. Like, I probably shouldn't get off this boat and not talk to the guy. But my point yeah. is, actually, the question yeah. I wanted to ask you was... 
Sure. If you play you mean a game, I can make my own Mario <laughs> levels now. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. But if you if you play a game, Brian, and you decide, oh, I just don't have the time to bang my head against the wall. I need to make this yeah. simpler and easier. And you play it on an easier setting. Do you yeah. feel like a lesser human being? Do you feel I don't. like I don't? There's initial. There's an initial like. Oh man, why can't I get you know? Why, why do I have to go on easy mode? And it does last for like a minute, and then I'm like, nah, screw it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that recently happen with? Was it? Uh, it was something. Dang, where um, where there was just a level I was struggling with, and I think the game even said, "Hey, looks like you're struggling with this. Do you want to just go <laughs> on? And, do you want to do, <laughs> Brian?" <laughs> Basically. Yeah. How you doing there? Was, you okay? Was, you need to. It was, you know, basically, Brian, looks like you, you take forever to do this level. Do you want to just play it on an easy mode? Uh, the, you know what it was? It was the um, the uh, mythology uh, Phoenix Rising. Oh Phoenix yeah, Rising? that did have a way of saying you're you're blowing like, through after, content. Do you want to up the difficulty? Or do you want to lower it or whatever it is? Yeah, and I think the problem was that I I got through an area without completing well not complete without doing a few things that would have given me higher levels in attack or or defense or something like that. And I got to the boss and I started bat, bat, uh, bashing my head against the boss. And then after four times dying, it says, "Hey, uh." Why don't you just scale it back to easy mode? We'll put it back on normal mode when you're done battling this boss. But for right now, why don't you do this on easy mode? I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Why? What do I, what is, what's, what's my, what blows will I suffer to my ego for, for doing this? And yeah. for a second, I felt like, oh, I suck. I could play it on <laughs> easy mode. But, uh, but after doing that, it's like, what am I here to do? I'm here to enjoy this content. I'm not here to, um, flop my achievement ween right on the you know on the internet for everyone to see and say look what I did I'm yeah, here to yeah. enjoy the content and if and, you were if you were there for that you have that yeah. too it's there there is, that, there is the place for that as well and exactly. that's my whole point so, is the game doesn't exclude these people from their hardy hard hard modes yeah. like go do it on hard and now you've got the achievement I did it on right. hard it's all right. it's all exactly. ones and zeros where we have proof you did it on hard we know you got the achievement it's not like you yeah. can't you know you can't lie your way through it or whatever I don't understand yeah. that and then when you start talking about how your game is sacred okay whatever yeah. dude yeah. we're not having think, that conversation I, I love video I games was, but I think it was uh, the great prophet uh, Russell Mail of the band Sparks that hmm. said uh, nothing is sacred yeah and he's right it's all kind of just whatever you know what? <laughs> the life of children is sacred. There, I said. There you go. Well, yes. Okay. Sure. Uh, humanity and uh, yeah, the life uh, of people, the the welfare of others, the uh, sure, sure. Uh, those sorts of things. But your video game, your freaking souls, like yeah, your movie, your comic book, your TV show, your your uh, board game, none of that's sacred. It's you know, it's. It's yeah. there for entertainment and enjoyment, and everyone is going to be entertained and enjoy it a different way than you. So, yeah, there's no there's no uh, established rule book of how you're allowed to enjoy that thing. Yeah, and let me flip this around. If I said sure. I actually think he's got it backwards because if you play a game that has a really hard mode but also has easier modes, mm-hmm. aren't you in a more exclusive rad group if you beat it on hard than you would on a game that has no other modes? Yeah. And everyone yes. who did beat it beat it on the same mode. Now you're just yeah. in the same crowd. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. aren't you actually 
Boy, I should have said that in my Twitter reply. You should have. Oh, see? This is why you don't tweet five seconds before we do the show. Take some time. Think about it. I got to workshop it. (laughs) Put it in front of editorial. See what they say. And then I'll get it out there. Exactly. All right. Uh, what gonna... is the? Do you, can you remember the hardest game you've ever played? Like, oh, yeah. What is the most difficult game you've ever played? Well, it was one of those Souls like Sekiro it was, specifically okay. it was very very hard and it gave up. Um, but I think um, besides that, probably. Oh geez, recently I have I, I tried to play one of the Mega Man games. Oh yeah, no kidding. Those are those... freaking hard. Those were games. and the uh, even the even the original NES ones, man. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially since there's the uh, the um, save points or or uh, whatever you call those, where you get to a place and that's your new checkpoint. starting point. Yeah. Checkpoint. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> checkpoint, Charlie. Uh, the uh, uh, the game had so few of those that you felt like you're starting right at the beginning. Anytime something bad happens, yeah. So. Those and the, the all those contra games and that kind of stuff just ridiculous um yeah very very hard stuff and even those had levels but even on the easiest freaking Mm -hmm. mega man will kill you so yeah all we're saying is don't get so hoity-toity about what your game who cares (laughs) and i love video games man i do half my content is about gaming i love it it's amazing i i i hold that whole thing is very important in my life but sacred what are we doing yeah yeah um all right. Uh, all right hey really quick yeah uh, we'll do this really quick because i know we got amy here but um do you have your you have your dream cards handy uh, for, oh. for like a rarity right now scott i remembered my dream last night crap if not all right that's all right i'll just go I'll all right just... give me your dream this is a re- this is rare you never remember your this dreams. is rare i hardly ever remember my dreams and it was because it woke me up mm. and it's gonna crack you up <laughs> what what exactly woke me up okay uh all right, so uh, always, whenever I'm in a house, in my dream, it's a familiar house. When I wake up and think about what that house looked like, it's like, I have never seen that house before in my life. I don't know what, what house that is. But yeah, yeah. but in the dream, it's my house. It's your house. And I'm listening yeah. to the radio, and they're giving away something that I want, some sort of uh, concert tickets, and they ask a trivia question. And I'm like, oh my God, I know the answer to this. And the the DJ is almost doing the YouTube thing that I was describing earlier, where he's uh, like really like, all right, so we have you know we have our unique phone number that you need to call because we can't give you the same phone number every time. This also, for some reason, seemed completely natural to me that a radio station would have a new phone number every time they do a contest. And so I'm like dialed the first several numbers, and I'm waiting for him to tell me the last several numbers. And it's like, oh my god, when is he going to say it? And he cuts to a commercial, and then he comes back, and so I have to dial all those numbers again. And finally, he comes back and says, all right, so we're going to take the first caller with the correct answer. And he gives me the answer, or he gives me the, the phone number, or says the phone number. I dial it. It goes to a um, switchboard. Some some dude answers and he goes, are you calling for this? And I'm like, what? What? Are you, call, are you calling for this? <laughs> like, all right. I like, contest? And he's like, okay, please hold. And so he puts me <laughs> All right. And then it rings a few times and it finally gets to, all right, here, uh, welcome to the such and such radio. Uh, who's this? Oh, it's Brian. All right. What's the answer? And I'm like scrambling because I can't even remember what the freaking trivia question was that they asked. Like, this is perfect this is nightmare my, for you, by the way. Perfect. It is my nightmare yeah. of, of my memory completely failing me. Yeah. And, and I'm like, Crap, do I say, 
Oh, you know, that was such a, could you repeat that question just so I can make sure I got it right? right. And that's when I woke up like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. And so no, so to this point, you still have no idea. I don't know. You know, your, your, your brain does weird things in dreams. There may have never been a trivia question. My brain maybe told me. Mm you know in dream in dream world that it was a trivia question was asked and you know the answer to it and i never actually heard what the trivia question was see that's crazy why are my dream see your dream at least goes to say all right well you know brian's very good at answering stuff he's on the spot ready to go i can ask him a trivia question he'll know the answer and so this yeah. this is a very like oh of course one of one of the things you would least like to have happen is be caught in that situation where you don't know even the question totally, let alone the totally. answer. I make sense to me. My dream last night was <laughs> Kim told me to put a bunch of books uh, books in boxes and sell them, and I turned around to do that. And when I turned back, she was Danny DeVito for the rest of the dream. <laughs> now does that have anything hey, to do hey, with Scott. anything? Hey Scott, <laughs> <laughs> like it has nothing to do with me at all. Like, I, I don't understand no, no. <laughs> Uh Yeah, that is weird. Mine is Mine absolutely says, here is your fear, Brian. I will lay it out as clearly as possible. This is something you are deathly afraid of, is your, your memory going and you not, uh, and you, you know, not having the ability to recall information that was given to you 10 seconds ago. But that's Yours such a- is like, <laughs> are you afraid of books or Danny DeVito or... That's what I'm saying. You have, you have you have practical dreams. Yeah. Even the nightmares are practical because they have a purpose. They make sense. I have my <laughs> my friend Brian's head on a chair once. Danny DeVito right. telling me to sell a bunch of right. books, pretending to be my wife. Like what? Laura Palmer and, and Arnold Palmer in some sort of weird medical mashup. Uh, really weird. I don't I don't get it. Dreams are weird, man. That's all I know. Totally weird. For 100 yeah. percent sure. All right. Speaking of weird things, not really. Amy's not weird. Uh, we're bringing in Red Fraggle. <laughs> she, she's the opposite of weird. She's very nice. Yeah, she's a good. She's the good weird. Like you know, some people like to be weird. I think she she likes to be weird, and she is the good weird. Oh, yeah, she's our kind of weird, for yeah. sure. And I like our kind of weird. Hey, look who it is, everybody, joining us for Read This with Amy. It's Amy herself. Hi, Amy. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. You having a you having a good uh, week and stuff. Oh yeah, you know I I actually I have a question for both of you guys. Go for sure. it. You have both successfully raised teenage boys, mm-hmm. and by successfully I mean they're like out of your house without you having yeah. murdered them first. <laughs> really, yeah. I'm glad you did qualify what you consider successful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's oh true. God. We've had uh, you know we, I think you I think you could call Brian and I successfully raised a boy. Right, and then we, we pushed them out. We evicted a boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that's- <laughs> you know, whatever this, whatever success is measured at. I mean, is he like you know yeah. valedictorian at MIT? No, but they're good kids and they're out and they're yeah, doing exactly. their thing. So exactly. sure. Yeah. So what's your okay. question about that? Oh my yeah. goodness. Okay, so my question is that smell. I know what your question is, and that smell never goes away. Yeah, it never leaves. Oh damn it! That really was my question. <laughs> like, was it really? <laughs> yes. Like. <laughs> Like, can you ever convince them to not be stinky? Like, um, it depends. Like, right. So, so Nick hit an interesting st- uh, stage at eighteen, and it never left. He got really, really cool with that stuff and started like buying interesting colognes. He bought like fancy soap for men. Um, he's got 
like he's really into his like leather boot collection that he's got going on. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like I'm describing somebody who's maybe uh, living an alternate lifestyle. I'm not. I'm just saying <laughs> he just got suddenly really interested in that. Like what instead yeah. of just hair gel or whatever, like what's he going to groom his beard with? Like that stuff suddenly became popular or important same, to him. Same with Tristan. Yeah. And I think that what, about like 20. Maybe, yeah. 19, 18 to 20, 18? I think somewhere yeah. in that range for Nick, it was a little younger. Uh, Carter will remember more and she's in the chat, but he's, so when I go like hug Nick, when I see him now, he smells like a, uh, LL bean or something like a, just a nice, uh, you know, for Ralph Lauren kind of deal going on. Sure. But prior to that, you know, Dorito feet 24 seven, that kid for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the problem is like my kid, he walks by me and I'm like, Oh man, like two day old SpaghettiO <laughs> smell, like walking past me. It's like, Oh, yeah. dude, <laughs> take a shower. And like the other day he had, he clearly hadn't taken a shower and he was super stinky, but I had other chores I had to do. I had, I had to make him do. Yeah. And so we did that and I was like, all right, you know, when we're done with this, be sure you go take a shower. And then the next morning my husband drove him to school and he comes in and he's like, man, the boy was so smelly. <laughs> and I texted him and I was like, um, dude, did you take a shower? He's like, no, I forgot. Uh, like, how the hell do yeah. you forget to take a shower? It's a phase. How old is he now? How old He's is he? He's seventeen. <clears throat> it's a. I think it's probably a little phase. They all got their little dirty phase, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, they're all just like gross. I, and they don't I care. Have, I have hope. Like what, what you guys told me is like eventually they'll they'll get into to some hygiene there. And usually it's oh, when yeah. someone in the chat said it. But usually I think it was Sam or somebody. But usually it's when relationships start to be meaningful to them, and they don't want to be gross to their significant other girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever they find so they so i i think that's part of it they just get to a point where like oh yeah i better not reek all day if i want to actually take this girl out and i think that'll that'll do it more i mean is he dating regularly now and when he does is he bringing home like an equally gross girl <laughs> like what's what's that about yeah, well, no see that's the thing he has he has a girlfriend and she's lovely she actually came over for dinner last night and mm. i'm like and she, she's a very nice girl and very stylish and whatnot. And I'm like, Daniela, can you not smell him? Mm. Like, mm. <laughs> is there something wrong with Maybe she likes it. Maybe she's like, oh, yeah, uh, weak, weak old SpaghettiOs. Mm. <laughs> she's really into yeah. that. Who knows? <laughs> Somebody in the chat Oof. asked me if she has COVID. No, I don't think she has COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Symptom free except for the smell thing. And then she's the luckiest girl in the world nice yeah that'll yeah. change right. it'll be fine <laughs> boys are gross and then they are not and then they are again and then they're not they're always kind of gross whereas my girls they always smell great they just smell mm -hmm. you know they had a moment there when they were little and had diapers sure but, but for the most part they yeah. were like cute little you know kim kim made him smell nice <laughs> yeah so that's good and then you know of course men grow up to be 52 year old guys in uh in bars who smell their waitress as they walk by so there's that <laughs> anyway uh let's uh let's uh, get to the book thing today so you've sent me a clip uh do you want me to play this first do you have any yeah. setup for this or what Ooh, do you got that, book clip since we're talking about stinky things let's go ahead and play that clip all right here you go then i had an idea why bother with the outhouse at all why not put some newspaper on the floor and do my business like a puppy. That seemed like a fantastic idea. So that's what I did. I took the newspaper, laid it out on the kitchen floor, pulled down my pants, and squatted and got to it. When you shit as you first sit down, you're not fully in the experience yet. 
you are not yet a shitting person. You're transitioning from a person about to shit to a person who is shitting. You don't whip out your smartphone or a newspaper right away. It takes a minute to get the first shit out of the way and get in the zone and get comfortable. Once you reach that moment, that's when it gets really nice. It's a powerful experience, shitting. There's something magical about it, profound even. I think God made humans shit in the way we do because it brings us back down to earth and gives us humidity. I don't care who you are. We all shit the same. Beyonce shits. The Pope shits. The Queen of England shits. When we shit, we forget our airs and our graces. We forget how famous or how rich we are. All of that goes away. You are never more yourself than when you are taking a shit. <laughs> wow. All right. So that's Trevor. Uh, what? Or what's Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Yeah. yeah. What's, so tell us what this is. Why is he All telling right. us this story? Yes. So the book is uh, Born a Crime by Trevor mm. Noah, and it's basically his autobiography, and uh, obviously that's him reading it as well. And it's, it's interesting, somebody in the tadpole actually recommended this book to me, and uh, and then when I found out that he read the audio himself, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'm that's doing way to, that on audiobook for, for sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, Tina oh. listened to this and loved it, and I was in the room with her for a little bit while she was listening to it, and I was like, oh my god, I want to listen to the rest of this. He is such an engaging speaker and and his stories are so good Mm. yeah yeah it's it is fantastic and he really does he weaves the story really well and the book Mm -hmm. it's not it's not his stand-up you know it's not like all i mean that that clip was pretty funny but like Mm. it's not all that um it's he talks a lot about you know growing up in south africa during apartheid and uh, that thus the title "Born a Crime." I mean, he's a he's a mixed race person during a time when it was illegal for that to happen. So he like his existence was illegal when mm. he was growing up. Oh, interesting. Um, and yeah. like what that was like and everything, and how you know he kind of for a while didn't feel like he really belonged anywhere, you know, because he. What, you know, the black kids were like, well, you're not black. But the white kids were like, well, you're not white, you know. Mm. And so, yeah. um, and and every he had to, you know, so his mom had to pretend that he wasn't her kid because, you know, else she could get in trouble. You know, if, if, a, if a cop ever stopped them on the road or something like that. Yeah. Um, he should have been yeah. able to be like a normal kid that his mother's afraid or embarrassed to know him because he pooped on the floor. That, that's <laughs> why. <laughs> Great. Exactly. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that—that's—that's that's the difference between him and me, and that's the thing you always have to remember as a cis white male these days is that your experience is not that indicative of others. You know, like right. mine would have just been right. that kid pooped on the floor. For him, it's like all this racial stuff, and he pooped on the floor. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, and this book—it has—it has everything. It's got you know, it's got some good history lessons in there. It's got humor. It's got uh, the. I'm not going to spoil anything, but the last couple of chapters are you won't be able to stop because you're engaged and like, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and for I'm not going to lie for me, it was a little bit triggering. But, you know, I was I was engaged in it at that point, And I'm like, OK, now I have to see it through. Um, but because uh, there's a there's a domestic violence angle in there. So, yeah, um, that's sure. a, a thing for me. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I definitely, whoever, whoever in the tadpole and I apologize, cause I, I went back and looked in the discord, but I couldn't find who, who had recommended this book to me. Um, 
but thank you for the recommendation because it was fantastic. And I, so I, I want to turn around and recommend it to everybody else because it's, it's, it's definitely a good listen or a good read. Yeah. And uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I'm trying to see source wise, obviously uh, audible and you know, stuff like that. Um, looks like iBooks also has it on an audio book and forever. Noah. I'm just trying to see where his, there it is. His uh, status here looks like, uh, yeah, everything available in every format you could ever want it in. Uh, oh, yeah. And cheap, too. Ten bucks on Kindle. No brainer. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah. worth grabbing. Uh, cool. yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, I like it. Um, he's uh, interesting. He's a just an interesting dude in general. I can't think of any job harder. Well, there's probably harder jobs um, given today's circumstances. But, but uh, there's probably a, no harder job in entertainment at the time anyway to step in and say, hey, this guy nobody hardly knows. You're taking over for John Stewart, who everybody knows and loves and loves (laughs) a job that everybody loves. Yeah. And it was like this amazing run. And you're going to take that over somehow. And you're still going to make that work somehow. Like it's almost feels impossible, like like Conan O'Brien impossible when he took over for Letterman levels of of change. Mm -hmm. And yet still he pulled it off and it's pretty amazing. So. Anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. I love I love Trevor Noah. And, um, you know, if you haven't seen his stand up, it's also really, really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, He's got a, I mean, he has, I, a, I he has a special on Netflix, stuff. right? Okay, I think it's Netflix. He has a special. It's mm-hmm. very good. Kim and yeah. I watched it and loved it. And that also had a bunch of um, this history in there, like, you know, talking about his growing up and stuff. So they it wasn't like now we all need to get serious kind of moments, but. It was enough for you to go, oh, yeah, this dude's seen some stuff, you know. It's right. Not, it's not yeah. So and it's, it's, he's had a fascinating life and he's not even that old, you know. And so it's like, wow, dude. Hey, he's right. what in his 30s? You got, some, you got a good story there. 30 <laughs> something so, or whatever. Yeah. He's young. Yeah. Plenty, plenty yeah. more to do. All right. Well, uh, that's awesome. Uh, go check it out, you guys. That's Trevor Noah's Born. What is it again? Sorry, title. I just closed the Born a Crime. Born, Born a Crime. Born a Crime. Yeah. There you go. Uh, go check it out. All right, Amy, tell people where they can find you and, you know, talk to you and give you book recommendations and that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. I'm Red Fraggle 3 on all the all the socials and I will be at TMS Vegas. Yeah. Yay. So, yeah. You, come say hi to me. You're going to bring this the smelly 17 year old or no? No. <laughs> no. Nope. The, se- the smelly 17 year old will have school. So he oh. will be with his dad. So gotcha. <laughs> Well, when everyone knows dad gets a little smellier when mom leaves, and uh, <laughs> at least I do. Um, kind of true, yeah. Yeah, actually. I'm excited to see you in person. That'll be crazy after all this time we've known each other. Be I, great. I know, yeah. I know. I was telling I was telling my daughter about that the other day. I was like, I've known these guys for like 10 or, you know, plus years, many years, and but I, you know, I've never met Scott in person. I think all. it would have been like 06 <laughs> so. or something. Yeah, uh, because you were we were all sending promos to each other for that. What what, what do we call that little podcast network we were all part of at one point? Brian, I think you were on oh. this too, weren't you? The oh, uh, shoot, the something something network. And we all played promos, and Amy did a promo for the instance, and it was forever. Oh, I don't ago. know. I don't remember. Um, yeah, so long ago. Yeah. Long was, time ago, and it was like what back in the ELR days. And yeah, stuff. it was Extra Life Radio, and Len Peralta was still doing his thing, and he was yeah, a, he was a part was it of a it. Tripod, tripod, the tripod was Len's. Okay, that was Len's. That's it. Yeah, tripod Network. We yeah. were all doing the Tripod Network thing. Was that a Len thing? I couldn't remember. That was Len. That. Yeah, Len started that with uh, two other people, and uh, yeah, I can't remember who the other two people were, but they were the three pods of the tripod. Yeah, they're the three heads of service itself. 
Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. Amy, have a fantastic week. We look forward to our next discussion. Thanks. See ya. Bye, Bye now. All right. Cool. And that uh, link is now available on QuickTMSLI, QuickTMS.ly. Very nice. Check this out. Yeah. It's time for the news, and it's brought to you by... Now, bam! Upload? What if you live-streamed your best friend's secret identity to the entire world? That's the story explored in Super Best Friend, issues 1 and 2, now live on Kickstarter at superbestfriendcomic.com. Marvel as Maddie Moore, a live streamer sidekick, ventures into the fantastic world of superheroes to repair his friendship and discover his true destiny. This 44-page comic book is written by Ringo-nominated writer Jason Inman and features a cover by Death of Superman artist and comics legend Dan Jurgens. Scoop up the issue at superbestfriendcomic.com. I think Dan Jurgens is... Uh one of the heirs to the Jurgens lotion uh, fortune. You think that's a nope, thing? Spelled totally differently. That's with a that Jurgens is with an E. Ah, uh, uh, this is a U. This okay. is with a U. Yeah, I have that Jurgens uh, lotion thing right next to the tissue box over here. Oh, I don't. I can't think of why you'd have that there. It's a <laughs> weird proximity, you know, to have all that there. What? Yeah, weird. <laughs> uh, hey, look at this. We're going to Alabama for our first story. Okay. So hop on board, everybody. I hope it's Greenbow, Alabama. Well, it's Sweet Home, Alabama, for sure. Okay. All right. Suspicious packages at an Alabama courthouse turned out to be a Taco Bell order. Ah, okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in today's world, it never hurts to be cautious, even when, uh, or even when the thing you have to be cautious about turns out to be Taco Bell. On Monday morning, the Tuscaloosa, Alabama Hazardous Device Unit. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Hazardous Device Unit. Overreaction Grande is what this is what they ordered. Oh, is that what they had there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm, same seven ingredients, but boy, howdy. The Mistako Taco. The Mistako. <laughs> Mistako sounds real. It sounds like something's steak in it. Oh, that's it does, good. Yeah. Uh, anyways, called out to check on two suspicious packages located on the front steps of the federal courthouse there. And once the scene, uh, or once on the scene, they sprung into action, according to Facebook posts from the Tuscaloosa Police Department, with an image of the possibly dangerous materials. Several officers responded, including motor officers who set up a perimeter around the building, blocking adjacent street to vehicle and foot traffic. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, ultimately, the post indicated the packages were discovered to contain an assortment of regular and Doritos Locos tacos, along with four beefy five-layer burritos. Mm, somebody's yeah. hungry. It's a bomb, but it's not going to go off until much later. <laughs> yeah, you got like eight hours or something before that explodes. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, uh, a slower ticking time bomb. Yeah. Uh, let's see. By eight twenty a.m., less than a half an hour later, the roads were reopened. Tacos and burritos had been safely disposed of in a dumpster. Aww. Yeah, they didn't eat them. They didn't do it. It's a shame. Uh, wasted food, man. Uh, let's see. Is there a picture of this? Bag? The red zone is for McDonald's only. Please. <laughs> I want there to be a picture. Is there not one? Ow. Poop. There's not one. Oh, maybe there is. Uh, Let me unblock that post. Yeah, there it is. You found a photo? Yeah, DuckDuckGo is blocking it because it's it's trying to take control of things. But anyway, here it is. Because it's the Today Show and it's... uh, Yeah. (laughs) They're trying to feed me bullshit all the time. Is it in the video or do I have to scroll down for the photo? Photo. Oh, there it is right there. (laughs) It looks like, you know, it looks like, it looks like uh, the aftermath from a uh, Office Depot. uh, Yeah, it looks like me uh, eating on a Saturday afternoon. Look at that. (laughs) Exactly. So wait a minute, though. If 
Nothing about that looks suspicious to me. Who called this in? Not even was it in was all this in another bag? Is that the deal? Well, they said two bags. I assume these other these items laying out were possibly in the in the second bag that's now wrinkled up over there. So let's say there were two bags. That, that one even it. says Taco Bell, doesn't it? Yeah, and they've got a logo. I mean, may, maybe it wasn't that. Maybe they thought they were fake devices inside Taco Bell I, delivery. I would this like. <laughs> <laughs> They've clearly unwrapped each one to make sure that it is what it says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd think that it would be in something else that looks suspicious. Because if I see this, there's nothing suspicious about any of this. And I agree. The only thing suspicious is that somebody bought these, didn't eat them, and left them somewhere. Completely agree. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, it was a delivery order. It was like a uh, like somebody, a, some DoorDash. Yeah, like a DoorDash or something. Yeah, I assume. Didn't, uh, <laughs> but I here. So I, the only possible thing i could think of is somebody at the courthouse went hey there's two bags outside they might they look like taco bell bags but if none of you like maybe did someone order it no we didn't order it and then nobody nobody cops to it then you're like we better err on the safe side that's probably how this happened right probably although i'd still i don't know i'd say oh no one nobody ordered this all right i'm gonna go throw it away and i would throw it away you know maybe i'm naive and i would get blown up uh in a case like this but well, you only would if it was an actual bomb, but then again, I mean, when's the Unabomber, when that all end? He's done, right? That's all over. He, yeah, he's done. He, he, and, he and his hooded self are uh, in seclusion after his uh, yeah, his manifesto and all that stuff. So yeah. all that stuff, this hadn't happened in a while, and we haven't had, like, remember those anthrax scares after 9-11 and all that? Mm-hmm. Like, somebody somewhere, somebody somewhere wants to put a bomb somewhere and have someone grab it and have it explode. That's for sure. We know that. But... Yeah. This wasn't that day, and this was actual Taco Bell, and now it's gone to waste. Yeah. You dummies. <laughs> Although, it didn't look like... I mean, that's probably like $8 worth of Taco Bell. Yeah. Like five Doritos Locos tacos and two beefy burritos. So they're the ones and that... now all of this is making me really want Taco Bell today. I know, Damn dude. It. I know. This is the problem. Yeah. Here's the other funny thing. Um, Taco Bell is so cheap, for the most part, that... On yeah. DoorDash, when you're trying to get a $10 order because that gets you free delivery, yeah, yeah. you have to work at it to be like, yeah. oh, I'm not there yet? All right, um, add two more Locos whatever tacos. Oh, shoot, I'm yeah. still not there. All right, five Still under, ah. Yeah. It's really, really annoying. Sam, look, I know. We buy, look, I eat too much Taco Bell. I'll admit it. Not all the time, but enough to know how much stuff costs. And they're cheap. And it's, you know, that's why they're, partly I think exactly. why they're so successful. They keep it nice and nice and cheap. Uh, uh, we'll do one more story here. This is about a local story, so I have to play this. This is the rule. Hold on a second. Utah Connection! Uh, A BYU student. That's Brigham Young University in Provo, about, I don't know, 40 minutes south of me. uh, Tried to make a homemade rocket fuel, or make some homemade rocket fuel in his dorm room. That's dumb. And created a fireball that displaced 22 (laughs) people. Nobody got hurt, though, so uh, we're all okay. But he made a giant fireball happen in there. Like a I dumbass. mean, it's not brain surgery. No, it certainly isn't brain surgery. That rocket, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, thank uh, you. Police at Brigham Young University in Utah had to give an unconventional warning to students this weekend. Quote, keep your experiments in the lab, unquote. Uh, the warning came after a student living in one of the college dorms attempted to make homemade rocket fuel and instead created a fireball that engulfed the walls. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, the dorms are all brick, so I yeah. assume there wasn't much of a fire hazard. Okay, other than, but still, yeah. do, you, do you kind of hope he walked out of his dorm, like the dorm room opens and then there's smoke that comes out and he walks out just like 
black stuff all over his face and his hair sticking straight out like he's, you know, Yahoo serious in uh, that Young Einstein movie. I mean, if not, what is it? What, what's even the point if he didn't do all that? <laughs> what did we learn from all of that sitcom training? Yeah, that we got yeah. Kids? Was that all for naught? I ask. Yeah. What do but, you What do you use to make rocket fuel? Like how many cans of Monster Energy drink? And uh, no kidding, and, dude. Like how would you get that stuff? And, the fact that he got whatever he needed in there. It's right. kind of concerning, you know? Yeah. I want some kid sure. doing that. They don't really get into his motives in this article, which bums me out because I'd really like to know what he was doing this for. Um, <laughs> they seem to be, the framing of this is, well, he was just experimenting, but maybe he's a psycho. Maybe get that guy on a list. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, Ted, yeah. The Tadpool, by the way, does get points because they, they use this as an opportunity to have a fantastic callback to Taco Bell as to as to what you use to make a uh, giant <laughs> bomb in your dorm. Oh, that's what you do. Room. Yeah, you bring eight bucks worth of Taco Bell back to your dorm and a little exactly. bit of gas, yes. and you're good. Uh, it says here, the flames from the explosion had engulfed the walls and ceiling around the stove. An intense heat tripped the fire sprinkler system. Firefighters quickly secured the scene and were able to put out remnants of the fire. I don't know if that affected. Do you think that hit everybody's sprinklers? Like not just that room, but like the whole. Oh building? yeah, I don't know. I wonder if those are on like a little. Uh, oh, well, on, some... on like a segmented way. I don't know how you do it, right? How do you get water past you do one that. set of sprinklers to go to the next? I'll bet it's all of the rooms on that chain basically. on that floor. Yeah, it had to be that at least yeah. that floor. Well, I mean, these and these are old too. It's not like some hot new, you know setup yeah. where the where that stuff's right. all separate it's old buildings my guess is everybody got hit i feel bad for some kid in his room working on his open face pc work he's putting a new video card in and then <laughs> and then yeah. you're screwed oh, oh that would suck anyway there's that uh, i do have one time i have time for this last this okay last one here. yeah uh, i'm gonna skip ahead actually to the vegas one let's tell this vegas story okay yeah let's go to the vegas yeah, story vegas. let's give re- people reasons to think vegas is weird um, yeah. Las Vegas restaurant accused of lacing their food with THC. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm, okay. Las Vegas woman says a restaurant drugged her food with THC, the main psychoactive compound in marijuana. Other people online say the same thing happened to them at the same place. Quote, their food is usually really tasty and we've never had a problem before, says Samantha Diaz, one alleged victim. But this was a problem. Uh, some people might say it's not a problem. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> some people might be happy to have a little weed in there. Uh, Maybe, yeah. And it's legal in Vegas. So, yeah, you know, why totally not? legal. Yeah. Why the heck not? Uh, D, yeah, we know. Don't send us emails saying drugging people. We know it's spiking. Yes, we know. We know. Yes, exactly. This dosing people is bad. We're yes, kidding. Exactly. We're just kidding, Brian and I. We're joking around. Oh, thank um, you, Claire. <laughs> Claire is the one who feels like she has to clarify. I think being drugged is always bad. Oh, Thank you, Claire. Oh, no, Claire, if you hadn't that, said so. I don't so. know if that's really her because she's it's not all, all caps. Yeah. Uh, who's who's yeah, typing on? on Claire's account? Because it's clearly not her. Did your did your caps lock button finally break, Claire? Is that what happened? Yeah. Are we getting Claire-splained by somebody? We're getting there Claire's we go. Now it's all in caps. <laughs> uh, it says, oh, check this out. So they ate at this place. It's called the Secret of Siam. You ever been there? Uh... It's There's, not on the no, strip, I, think I don't I'm think. I'm confusing it. There's another place called the something Lotus of Siam. There's another one that is that is a really good Thai place called... Is it just called 
Lotus of Siam. Oh man, somebody's gonna be able to clear it to, to help me with that one. But well, this no, one's in North Secrets of Siam. This one's in Northwest Vegas, so probably not Strip anyway. Probably but not. Yeah, maybe they have yeah. locations. But anyway, uh, they were there recently. Uh, she says something was off. Ancient they- Siamese secret, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Diaz took a curry dish home and then experienced symptoms when she ate it two days later. I was. Uh, it was like I was melting onto my chair, and I got all disoriented and heavy. I thought, what's happening here? She thought she was having a stroke. I said to my husband, honey, I think I'm high. And he was like, get out of here. We haven't left the house in two days. Uh, It wasn't until Super Bowl Sunday that Diaz came across social media posts about other people on next door had the same experience. I said, honey, get in here. I didn't make it up, Diaz recalled. (laughs) So they're trying to make you like their food more. I because guess, you wow. eat it, you Usually go, oh, it's I'm so satisfied. I'm going to just sleep I now. remember when people were complaining about MSG, not <laughs> THC. <laughs> yeah, Lotus of Siam is the is the uh, the one in Vegas that is known all around the country for being as good as it is. Like, it is really, really good. I put a link in there. It's a northern Thai food place. And uh, James and Svet have uh, taken me there twice. Maybe Mitsula once or something like that, but I know I've been there a couple times, and it is so freaking good. Yeah, it's uh, sounds good. Everything you've said makes me want to eat there, so yeah, I shall yeah. consider it on my visit there. Yeah, James Beard Award, best tie in Las Vegas. Uh, who's James Beard? I don't know who that is. He's uh, he's a national food uh, not critic, but um, award award system so not not the drummer for zz top then not that guy (laughs) that's frank beard (laughs) Uh, gotcha and so yes not him um it's like a like michelin stars kind of thing right where it's um oh here he is born in 1903 died in uh 85 at the age of 81 he was known uh, let's see uh, james andrews beard uh the james beard foundation american Uh, chef cookbook author teacher television personality pioneered television cooking shows um widely considered one of the great chefs in american history all right yeah that's cool seems like you probably could make a nice egg in the morning (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, for sure we can get that done all right we're gonna take a break it's like a prestigious award if you get the james beard award that makes sense uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to... Normally, we talk to Wendy. Wendy is traveling today. So instead, we're going to talk to uh, someone who's done the Real Steps program with Wendy. and has completed had, the steps that are real. Yeah, and had an amazing experience. And I want to hear how it went. Because we talk about it kind of lightly sometimes. Like, oh yeah, check out realsteps.org. But apparently, this thing is making like a giant difference in people's lives. So we're going to find out just how much right after this song break that Brian yeah. has prepared. A uh, huge thanks to uh, Brendan Burke of the Syndicate for sending me this one. Um, really, really, uh, really cool. This is a uh, an artist named I Am Snow Angel. Her real name is Julie Catherine, but she performs as uh, uh, I Am Snow Angel. Maybe it's like I Am No Angel kind of thing, but I Am Snow Angel. Mm. Anyway, she's a multi-instrumentalist. She's a producer, sound designer, songwriter. Um, this comes from her upcoming album, Lost World. Um, this single is is uh, excellent. It's the title track from her new upcoming uh, album, which comes out May sixth. So make sure you check the uh, check out that album. Um, very gold frap, very Santa gold. 
uh, it's my favorite thing, electronics with uh, female vocals. I don't know why. Oh, same. Why I love, I love that so much. But I, I do, totally too. What is it about that, do you think? I'm the same it's way. It's such a great combination. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Love it. Chill poppy stuff. Yeah. 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 Churches, great example of that. Um, yeah. Anyway, here you go. So here is Lost World by I Am Snow Angel, the title track from the upcoming album.
you got her looking like that. That white guy with the afro. You be painting on TV. Open Batmobile. Allow Harley to drive. This is the morning stream. Exercising demons since 2012. Uh, I can't wait to go back and listen to that. You know I like the Traverches. I, like I know the you like the Traverches, and yeah. this is uh, very Traverch-like. Yeah. Uh, I Am Snow Angel is the artist and the brand new album coming out May 6th is called Lost World. That was the title track. Very, very nice. All right. We're going to bring in one Stephanie Bates to the program. Okay. I should have said well, the Stephanie name earlier. Bates. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how this goes. I don't think we'll play Wendy's theme song because that's weird, right? Hello. Oh, hello. Is this Steph? It is. Oh, Hi. my gosh. Hello. Hello. Hi, and welcome. How the heck are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How the heck are you two? Oh, uh, we're pretty we're good. good. Yeah, we're all right. Uh, hey, uh, I, I know earlier, her, her and I have had a little conversation off air, and you were talking about how you were going to feel a little nervous or whatever, but we're just dorks, and you sound great. Yeah. You That's sound, good. Yeah. That's good. It's my people then. Yeah, yes, totally exactly. your people. Yeah, we're just potato heads here having a good potato time. Outstanding. As um, long as I can be a total goofus, then we are all good here. Oh, good. There's, there's no, yeah, there's no limit to the goofusness that we can be on the show. Outstanding. Yes. Well, my my sister Wendy, who you're familiar with, obviously, uh, tells yeah. me that Stephanie is one of the great success stories of the Real Steps program. And um, that's obviously a really cool thing to hear. But like I was talking or saying to Brian, we just sort of mention that thing when she's on here. We say, oh, go check it out, everybody, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't make a giant deal out of it. And I think we end with it. Yeah, yeah, we usually end with it. It's like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like her little find me on Twitter moment or whatever. Um, (laughs) The real steps afterthought. Yeah, the real steps (laughs) afterthought. Exactly. But you've you've actually seen what what she and her partner are doing up close and know what the program is and how it affects people and all of that. I'd just love to hear your take on it and how it's helped or, you know, what what you would tell other people uh, about it, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally awesome. I have done five rounds, I think, of real steps at this point. Um, And it's really just like if you're feeling stuck in a rut or you just, you wanna start feeling better about yourself, better about your body, better about your mental health. If you're sick of like the diet roller coaster, then Real Steps is absolutely for you. It's, it's basically all about just um, making small steps that you can achieve every day that will help you feel better in the long run and improve your relationship with your body and your mind and with food. I mean, that's been the biggest change for me. Real steps has really, I mean, I'm totally a diet roller coaster person. You know what I mean? Mm, Oh yeah. I've been on and off diets for years and years and years and they only work for, you know, a certain amount of time before you start going crazy and then you end up, you know, falling off the wagon and gaining everything back and then some. Right. Um, And what's really cool about Real Steps is it kind of like, it almost divorces you from that process. Like one of the first things they tell you to do in Real Steps is to put away your scale. Like don't look at the number on the scale. The number is not important in feeling healthy, in feeling better. Mm -hmm. Like obsessing about the number is not going to be good for you in the long run. And there was something really magical in putting away the scale because it helped me to just focus on how my body was feeling 
aside from that number. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally <laughs> does. Like I, totally. I yeah. that's really interesting to me because when I we always think, or at least in a modern sense, I think we think that we need to um, categorize everything and also have metrics for everything. And I think that, that some of that is true. Like it helps to have data for lots of things. But in this particular case, you the data you want from a scale, which is did I lose anything? How am I this week? Whatever. It's so common and so burned into us that that's the metric that we forget all other metrics. And those other right. metrics being, and this is a lot of this comes from my conversation I've had with Wendy about this. So correct me if I get this wrong, because you're, you're on the actual program. But but she she talked all you know talks all the time about how while data is always good, uh, this one particular piece of data may not be more important than your attitude that day. Like that three yeah. pounds you lost is fine, but if your attitude still sucks or you feel gross or whatever, it's it's that's not the metric. It's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth it, or it's or it's at least not the important number not working anyway yeah. right right so uh so yeah like there's there's something to be said for putting away the thing that is always trying to the the, the thing that determines your your whether you think you're doing good or think you're doing bad because the truth right. is you could be healthier one day and a pound over and unhealthier another day and two pounds down well which would exactly. you rather be yeah mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. i think like it's it's sort of controversial almost to say but like Weight has nothing to do with health. And when you put aside that number on the scale, it actually connects you back into your body and you can start thinking, well, what foods do I actually like? What movement actually feels good to me? Like, am I doing this because it makes me feel better or am I doing this because I want the number on this scale to shrink? So if you throw away the number on the scale, it's only I am doing this because it makes me feel good and it makes me feel healthy and it makes me feel better. Yeah. And then you actually start learning stuff about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice, right? Actually, know yeah. what the heck's going on in your own head. So, right, so right. Uh, is the. Let me ask you this about the program because I assume this is this is true. But the the focus or the the combination of focuses where it's about mental health, but it's tied so closely to physical health. Was that a revelation for you and others in the program to to kind of come to grips with the idea that? that these things are not somehow separate, that our attitudes and our mental stabilities and all of that other stuff is not, not so divorced from our physical selves. seems like that's a big focus for Wendy and what she does. Yeah, it's a big focus. And I don't know how much of a revelation necessarily it was because like, yeah, if you move, you, you feel better. But I think the biggest revelation is that movement doesn't have to be a punishment. Like, it, it doesn't have to like be no pain, no gain, or go big or go home. It can just be a small walk around the neighborhood, and mm-hmm. that will improve your mental health, and it will make you feel better. And that, as long as you can be consistent with it, then that's the important part, not necessarily like all the weight you can lose or all the muscle you can gain. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, focus, literally just focus on the things that you are doing and how they make you feel. Sure. Inside. So like, the, the super con- easy peasy. The concept mm-hmm. of real steps as opposed to just steps. Like they, they can right. be doesn't matter how big those steps are, they just need to be meaningful and and and, and real. Yeah. Hence exactly. the name. Look at me time- doing I'm doing all the marketing for Wendy and about her name. <laughs> <laughs> real and steps. And a lot of the time those like those steps, those real steps are just itty bitty baby steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as long as you can be consistent with that step, it doesn't matter how big it is. Like mm-hmm. you want to be able to do the smallest thing 
that you can achieve every single day. And then that kind of is a like boost for your mental health too. Like, look at all the crap that I'm getting done every day mm-hmm. when before, like I was just sitting on the couch eating potato chips. Oh, and as much as that you sounds, I mean? as much as much as that Which sounds awesome. wonderful. Yeah. We, everyone loves some, a bag of chips on the couch, but right. it may not be the step you want. So if you, so if exactly. you had, uh, to say whether or not, well, I, so I always wonder this, like in any kind of program of any sort where people are trying to improve themselves or do new things or whatever, there's always this issue of you're going to relapse, even if it's like, you know, I don't know, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or, mm-hmm. you know, a, uh, what's, what's the drug one, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> Narcotics Anonymous, Narc- I think. N- mm-hmm. something N-A, no, yeah. N-A, is that it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the chance of relapse, and then the process of coming back, admitting it, doing better next time. I assume that's part of this program as well, because not everybody's going to have a perfect day where they took all the right, quote unquote, real steps. They're going to have a couple of steps backwards. How is that? Yeah. How do you feel like that's being handled? Well, I great. Another thing that we always end up saying is that there is no way to fail real steps. Like as long as you wake up in the morning and, you know, get out of bed, you kind of win it's sort of, there is, there's not really a sense of failure. Like if you don't get all of your goals or steps done in one day, that's okay. There's always tomorrow. Like there's no judgment. It's all just about learning, learning a lesson. Like, so I ate until I was uncomfortable today. That doesn't mean I'm a bad person. That doesn't mean I failed the day. That just means, you know, oh, maybe I was hungrier than usual, or, oh, maybe I was a little bit more stressed. Like, I learned the lesson, mm. and now I take from that, you know, all of these things, all of these wonderful, glorious things, <laughs> <laughs> to be able to, you know, kind of step back on and do the littlest possible thing. And then that's also, like, I think what's really glorious about Real Steps too is that it's just baby steps, and that makes it so much simpler Like, it's not, I'm going to cut out, you know, all carbs all the time forever and ever. Amen. Like from here on out, because that's kind of, you know, that's not necessarily sustainable a lot of the time. It's, you know, I'm just going to pay attention to how I feel before I eat today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like just take 30 seconds to gauge how hungry am I feeling right now? Like, am I eating because I'm hungry or am I eating because I'm stressed? Yeah. And that's like, I don't know, for me, that was super sustainable. And it led me to, you know, kind of progress more. And now like, I feel like I'm more in touch with my body, with my hunger cues. Like I can have potato chips in the house or peanut butter in the house, ice cream in the house. Whereas before I would have been like, oh, I can't be around that because I'm just going to eat all <laughs> Take of it. Like, that I'm gonna... temptation. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm going to yeah. jam it all in my gullet and then, mm. <laughs> but like real steps kind of helped me to drop those restrictions, really kind of focus on how I'm feeling, how certain things make me feel. And now like, I don't even think about the potato chips that are in the house or the peanut butter in the house, unless, you know, I want some and then I eat mm-hmm. some and it's not a big deal. I, and I, I mean that, like, I never thought I'd say that about myself. <laughs> well, that, that is, that's what I was going to say. That alone is like a gigantic, uh, change. Like you've got a real mindful outlook on that kind of stuff. And I think that's, that's super rad. Uh, no one out there listening should think this, any of this is easy. There's a reason why it's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a thing that you have to stick to and there's accountability and there's For all sure. this stuff with the program, but, 
but anybody can do it. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a practice. I think that's, that's important too. Like it's a practice and you're not going to be perfect every day. You're, you're never going to be perfect. Like that's impossible, but you know, you're going to do your best and you're going to practice and you're going to learn, learn lessons about it. And that's, I don't know, to me, that's a huge success. I agree. Go check out realsteps.org, everybody listening and chat or otherwise, and uh, see if it's uh, all, everything's kind of laid out there. So you can, you understand it. Yes. You've heard Wendy here for the last 12 years, however long we've been doing this. Uh, so you, you kind of know, you know what you're getting into there. And, um, you know, I've heard nothing but amazing things and, you know, I'm, I'm biased. It's my sister, but I, even without that, I think she, I think all of this would impress me. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, she thinks the yeah, world of you, I can tell you that she was like all excited oh. last night. She's like, I'm so excited for Steph. I'm so sad. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> anyway, she's stoked for that's you. So, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And she's great. And Elena, it's, it's Wendy who you, you all know and love is an awesome therapist. And then Elena Jorgensen, who is an equally awesome registered dietitian yep. who run the program. And um, the last day to enroll is at midnight on Sunday, February 27th. Oh, so oh get on that then. Yeah, get in there, folks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and let it, us know it what starts you think. on Monday the 28th. Well, awesome. Stephanie, thanks for hanging out with us and giving us a, a deeper look at how that stuff works. And uh, yeah, this way, sure. you know, this way, Wendy doesn't have to feel all uh, weird because she feels like she's promoting herself. But when we promote her, it's fine. <laughs> she figured out the perfect way around that. Yeah, actually. she does. Yeah. She really did. She didn't even do She didn't even know we were going to really do it that hard. But um, I don't know. I'm proud of yeah. the work she's doing and I'm glad it's working for yeah. her for so many. You, you included Steph. So that's awesome. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, for sure. This was fun. Thanks for chatting with me. All right. We'll see you again. She's great. She is. Um, I feel like she's, so she's been a listener for a long time and she said something to me earlier that uh, I think is okay to share. I should have said it while she was here, but she says, I'm, I'm totally great for this until I remember you guys have a ton of listeners. (laughs) I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) but Brian and I ignore that every day. We pretend like we We don't have listeners. We we pretend we're talking to one person. Usually we pretend we're talking to us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. So anyway, it's all cool. Uh, and we'll see Wendy next week. She'll be back. I'm not even sure where she's traveling, but, um, she's coming here the week you're in Dallas. Uh, for yeah. this family thing, for the family reunion deal, deal, whatever. Even I don't even know what it is. Yeah, yeah good luck with it. Yeah, no, I know, dude. Ah, all the Phoenix dude. people are coming, and they're fine. <laughs> they're great. Can't wait to see them. All right, uh, Brian, tell me. Okay, two things. We got yeah. Coverville coming up today, but also I really do think you should promote your painting videos. So when when are these yeah. happening? Uh, all right, so Coverville is happening today. That is going to be at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, twitch.tv slash Coverville, ce- celebrating the 50th birthday of Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. Yeah, the dude's 50. So, of course, a lot of Green Day covers, but also some uh, solo Billy Joe Armstrong stuff that he did during lockdown. You'll get some of that as well. Uh, that's coming up at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. And then uh, the painting stream, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do those regularly at 4 p.m. Mountain. Uh, so just uh, click the little button that lets you, that gets you notified anytime I go live on Coverville. And that's probably the, the best time to do it or best way to do it so that you know when I go live with those. But I'm hoping to do um, do another one today and finish up America Chavez and maybe start somebody new. Uh, so right now I'm painting Marvel minis from the Marvel United box. And yep. uh, I don't know how many I have left of this box. Let's see. What's my current count? It's going to be some scary, sad number. 44. I still have 44 minis to paint from this original box. That's a lot, dude. It is a lot. But it's down from... Uh, 
whatever it was before, like almost double that. I think I'm at the halfway point. I think it was about 85 or 86. That's or actually something. pretty impressive. You've gone through that much. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I do need to post some finished photos, especially like the ones you guys see me paint on um, on the stream. You get you want to see them up close and see what they look like. So I will I will start putting them on a in a place where people can see. Very nice. Very nice. If you're yeah. home uh, thinking about painting minis, good news. Brian's got your back. Yeah. Just jump in and do it. It's very Bob Ross. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to very add, Bob a little, Ross. add a little peach to bring out the uh, flesh tone of Black Widow's face. That's right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Just tiny little strokes, little strokes. Tiny, happy, happy little Ultrons. <laughs> happy little Ultrons. That was this uh, reference from Fezco from Euphoria here, right here. You got her looking like that that white guy with the afro. Are you painting on TV? I love Fezco. You don't know who that is yet, but when you watch that <laughs> no show. No idea, yeah. Oh. No idea about anything Euphoria, but I know that it's... Uh, it's huge right now. Like so many people are getting into that show. So. Yeah, it's hard not to. It's hard to avoid it, and also it's really rough. But I'm telling you, Fezco, yeah. character of the year, maybe. All right. Um, hey, Brian, we're done yes, with sir. the show today. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Before we do, though, quick reminder that Patreon.com/slash/TMS is the place for you, dear listener, to do your thing. So uh, do that and uh, check it out. Lots of good reasons to sign up, and we'd appreciate it if you did. Even a buck a month would go a long way to help us out. Patreon.com slash TMS. Reminder about this weekend, we're doing a play date on Saturday after Film Sack, if we have a Film Sack. Yes. That's currently... Uh, oh, that's right. That's a good point. Yeah, we might We might not. We're finding out today if we have a Film Sack or not. And if we don't, that probably means we could start earlier if we wanted yeah. Um, yeah. here. But uh, uh, Dunaway's tied up in some funeral arrangements and stuff for some family loss yeah. so we're, we're trying to give him as wide a berth as possible on whatever yeah. he needs to do um we're doing yeah. a better job at trying to give him time than he's doing like i don't know i might still be able to do it we're like no take some time man. yeah <laughs> take whatever to. time you need he's trying to do this yeah. thing and i and i really admire it but he's trying to like keep everything as normal as possible yeah. so that you know, it's a, and it's good. It's a, he's doing it for the right reasons, but it, you know, we're we're just like, dude, take whatever you need. Yeah, we're we're good yeah. here. We'll we'll, we'll so, cover. So for we'll you. know tomorrow. We'll we'll talk about it uh, on TMS PM. So patrons will get the uh, the information, but also keep an eye on Twitter, and we'll talk about it there as far as what time the play date is starting. Yep. And a quick announcement next week, uh, Monday. Uh, or sorry, Monday. Brian is here. So normal show on Monday with Brian. Me and Brian. Correct. Tuesday, my wife will be uh, sitting in as co-host. Uh, when or sorry, that no Tuesday. Sorry, I got it backwards. Tuesday, <laughs> Justin Robert Young will be here as my right. You got the gerbs, yeah. Yeah, gerbs will be back. Wednesday, my wife. Thursday, the return of TV's Travis. Oh, nice. He was Good a fa- a yeah, fellow he, a fellow mini painter, as a matter yeah, of fact. And he was a he was a favorite last week or last uh, time this happened. So uh, we that thought, hey, me. why not what, bring you him doing back? Uh, you doing another stream, Scott? Another evening stream, something like that? Afternoon uh, stream? Uh, I don't know. Am I? What oh, am no I about doing? What? Uh, I don't think so. The more than evening stream. T E S the evening right. stream. The evening stream. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get the music done. Fletcher's got to do a bunch of work. <laughs> We're just going to dupe the whole thing, but you know, it's like having right. a second wife in another state. That's how I'm doing it. <laughs> um, anyway, so, <clears throat> and then of course, you know, when Brian gets back, we'll get all the great Disney stories. I can't wait for that. For sure. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's going to be some, some weirdness with people uh, out there, but none that affects our enjoyment of, uh, 
of Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. Don't know why. Uh, nobody should touch your churro with their penis or something. Ooh, like, please no, do no. not. Yes, I'm going to be seeing the lovely uh, Sam Jane and her husband Randy something. Anyway, going to be seeing them on Friday morning oh. for breakfast. Oh, very nice. Rand- yeah. That name's familiar. Randy I know, something. I know. It's like, oh, it's Randy, is it Randy Travis? No. Oh, Randy Travis. Randy, oh, no, that's not Randy, it. Travis Randy? The baseball player? No. no. Uh, Randall Park? Randy? No. Yeah, maybe Randall Parks? No. Huh. No, that's not it. All right. <laughs> well, good luck. Don't try to say machete or machete in front of him. Oh, I'm probably going to get some chorizo, though, yeah. with my uh, breakfast. <laughs> chorizo. Ask for some extra herbs on it while you're there. <laughs> All right. What kind of herbs do you use in your chorizo omelet? That's awesome. You guys are going to do that. I'm jealous. Um, all right. Have fun there. In the meantime, everybody, uh, we're done. Uh, so, Brian, let's play a song so we can go. What do you got? Okay. Uh, Tim, who goes by TRPW in the chat, wrote in said, Hey, uh, tomorrow's my birthday, and I'm in the mood for a Joe Meek cover, um, possibly a remake. Uh, Telstar will also work by the Tremolos. Thanks. Signed, TRPW. Joe Meek. Um, by name, I'm not 100% familiar with, but I know he's part of the Honeycombs. I think he's the lead vocalist of the band. But he did ask for a um, uh, a cover of a song by the Honeycombs. And uh, let's see, he was a producer. Yeah, so he did, um, he produced the song that we're about, or a cover, the original of the song that we're about to play, a cover of the Tornadoes, Telstar. Oh, I think it said the Tremolos. Ah, anyway, Joe Meek. Is who we're that's the guy <laughs> talking about. Yeah. Anyway, actually, we're really talking about TRPW. Happy birthday! And uh, you asked for a cover of the song "Have I the Right." You're gonna love this. In 2010, the band Vampire Weekend did an iTunes session where they did a cover of this song. They're they're a band not known for doing a lot of covers. As a matter of fact, I can probably count on one hand the covers I'm aware of that Vampire Weekend has done. And those guys are due for a cover album. Yeah, right? I agree. It's mostly the other way. People are doing their songs, and they need to do some others. They need to do some others. So here is Vampire Weekend with their cover of The Honeycombs, Have I the Right? you 
of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Alcohol is dynamite.